typically um, they have very little stability in their lives and instability, insecurity, change and transition and turmoil isn't what they need. They often talk about the fact that professionals in their lives come and go very quickly, sometimes go without even acknowledging they're going. And it's probably worth pausing and reflecting on how that feels for them. Bailiwick Express podcast, where each week we put some of the island's biggest news stories in focus. I'm Fiona Potany. The care of vulnerable children is back in the spotlight for all the wrong reasons. Last month, an unscheduled inspection of secure children's home and remand facility Greenfields revealed that the young people staying there may be at risk. Strong concerns over staff levels, training and the condition of the property led the Care Commission to issue their second urgent improvement notice in less than six months. Days later, the senior civil servant responsible for the care of vulnerable children, Mark Owers, announced that he was resigning, the second senior departure in months. The move has thrown doubt on the future of children's services at a time when stability is needed more than ever. The need for significant improvements in caring for vulnerable children was highlighted in the care inquiry back in 2017. It begs the question, five years on, have we learnt anything? One man who knows the answer to that is Steve Harvey, who leads charity Brightly, which has been supporting families and children through some of their toughest times for nearly 100 years. It started life as Home Brigadon, but in recent years has taken on a new identity and purpose as Brightly, being the bank of mum and dad for children and young people who are care-experienced and don't have a stable family life, or indeed any family to rely on. With the joint blows of a housing and cost of living crisis worsening the existing problems for children both in and leaving care, now, more than ever, Steve says the island needs to step up, and fast. To help ease some of those pressures, Brightly is launching a new community initiative to help families with young children and care leavers through their challenging times. I spoke to Steve last week. Okay, well thank you for coming into the studio, uh, Steve. First of all, in recent years, in the past five years, there's been quite a bit of turbulence in terms of uh, children care and services. And, and r- this week we've had announcements in relation to the, the departure of um, one of the directors, the director of safeguarding and children's care. From from your perspective as, as Brightly, a, a charity involved in, in those kind of matters, I mean, how, how does some of this turbulence, I suppose, in recent years, how does that filter down to you? And, and what have you noticed? Um. I think the most notable thing is the impact all of this has on children in care and those leaving care. Um, Who are the children and young people that we support as a charity? Typically, um, they have very little stability in their lives and instability, insecurity, change and transition and turmoil isn't what they need. They often talk about the fact that professionals in their lives come and go very quickly, sometimes go without even acknowledging they're going. And it's probably worth pausing and reflecting on how that feels for them. So I'd start with the impact it has on children and young people in the care of the the professionals and indeed in the care of the government. In terms of Brightly, in some parts, uh, that's why we are looking to expand and develop uh, into a slightly new direction. One of the fairly recent outcomes of government change 
um, which was on the back of the independent care inquiry, was in 2020, uh, in February 2020, for the first time the government of Jersey um, specified the support that they would make available to the children in their care and the young people who were leaving their care. Hitherto, they had never published that offer. Um, When they did so, a couple of years ago, we applauded that and celebrated it because in many ways that's what people would expect. They'd expect the government to offer the very best to those children that it's responsible for, just as any parent would. Um, But also we looked at what we were providing and what we continue to provide in terms of support for children in care and those leaving care and recognised that once the government's offers materialised, much of what we were providing would become redundant. Again, that's not a bad thing. The objective of any charity should be to become redundant because its services are no longer required. Um, Having said that, um, certain things that we do support the government weren't going to be supporting that was quite clear so um, we recognized there would be a need for our ongoing support and also that we recognized it would take some time for the government's new initiatives to be bedded in established and well understood and um, that's still an ongoing process we're certainly not there yet but in light of that um, development We also um, considered how else we might extend our support, and we'll come on to talk about that, I'm sure, um, in a way that was meeting an unmet need in the island, and also in a way that was consistent uh, with, compatible with our own history and ethos. After all, We've been around for almost 100 years, uh, putting children first, I'm pleased to say. Well, that was something I wanted to uh, just ask you to set the scene for a little bit, if you could. Um, Because obviously Brightley does have this very, very long um, and very special history in the island, stretching all the way back to 1925, I think. So can you just tell us a bit about how it has developed over time? Just take us through that that uh, evolution. A quick history lesson. <laughs> so initially, our charity uh, was established to support... Um, those with TB back in the day and the building Brigadon um, was um, set aside for that purpose. Over the years of course uh, TB has largely been eradicated and the needs (laughs) the needs of children um, disadvantaged children vulnerable children if you like and their families have evolved and changed um, over the years and um, obviously our particular response to that has changed um, as well. Um, For many years we ran um, services, provision, um, hands-on services for children, um, a nursery for example, but um, eventually that became unsustainable and uh, we moved away from direct service provision into the charity that we are today some some time ago and rented our premises um, initially to the government of Jersey who ran Brigadon uh, at a children's home and um, then more recently to another uh, local charity by the name of Silkworth who ran it as Hope House um, short term 
And we've recently introduced new tenants, um, the Bode Foundation, who are just recently taken the keys of the building and are going to be doing something really exciting called the um, Bode Camp or Camp Bode from those premises. Um, in the meantime, we have, uh, as a charity, we we kind of in shorthand say that we're the bank of mum and dad when there's no mum and dad involved. Um, but perhaps given what I said earlier about the government's intentions, uh, they might become the bank of mum and dad and provide all the things that mum and dad should provide for a child or young person. So perhaps in our turn, we might become the bank of gran and granddad or <laughs> auntie and uncle, uh, providing the icing on the cake rather than the cake. So that's in simple terms, our, our, our sort of nearly 100-year history in, in a nutshell. So clearly over time, the, the children um, and the backgrounds that they have, you know, have changed, um, the ones that you're supporting. So if we zoom in particularly on the past five years in, since the care inquiry, where have you seen the most need for some of these things? Or are there certain areas of the community or uh, certain problems in particular that have arisen that Brightly are having to respond to with those uh, either bank of mum and dad services or other types of care and support? Um, I think it's always been a problem, but more prominent than ever now is housing and accommodation. Um, we all know that, um, the challenges in Jersey about having a roof over one's head. And if you are a care leaver um, with very little support, uh, financial or otherwise, um, moving towards independent living and um, away from uh, a residential situation where you've been in care is a huge challenge. Um, as I say, not only financially, but also practically and having the um, resources, skills, expertise, backup, support to help with that transition is, is certainly a, a big challenge. If That's if you can find a place and afford a place in, in the first place. Um, other than that, um, there are many ongoing challenges facing young people um, who are leaving care. Uh, and the other, I think, uh, one that I would draw attention to is, is having, and the care inquiry was very explicit about this, is about their voice um, being heard and their needs being understood and properly addressed. Um, very often in the past, and I'm afraid to say still so, so much somewhat true today, uh, th their needs are not genuinely um, listened to or responded to. Uh, and we do have another new charity in Jersey, um, Jersey Cares, who are very much um, advocating on behalf of those in care and, and those leaving care and working superbly well to ensure that the voice of um, those children and young people is properly heard and dealt with and not just ignored. That point is really important about the voice of the child, as you state, it's something that was brought up in the care inquiry and is clearly something we're not hearing enough of now. What, what is the voice of the child saying? From Brightly's perspective, what do children need right now, those who are vulnerable? What's the most urgent and pressing thing for them? I think it's a... a a case-by-case case question. Um, the, the sloppy answer to that question is anything and everything. Um, perhaps those listening would just think back to their own adolescence. What did you want when you were 
14, 16, 18, 20. Um, there are some typical things that we all want, <laughs> like our first set of keys for a car or security of employment or an opportunity perhaps to be moving on and living independently or support with training and education, something that's often been quite chaotic for the people we support because of the situation they were in when they were um, of school age. Um, Sometimes it's much more practical stuff, like somebody there to talk to, somebody there to listen to me, someone there to understand what I need. Sometimes, too, it might be some therapeutic support, Um, Often children have experienced significant trauma in their early lives um, or later lives, which is impacting and uh, holding them back significantly. And accessing that kind of support can both be problematic and expensive. The list really is is endless. um, And we pride ourselves as a charity at Brightly of A, being pretty open-minded we don't put too many barriers in the way Um, and secondly being very um, responsive and swift to act Uh, often the children young people that we're dealing with have experienced broken promise after broken promise don't really believe anything's ever going to happen to make much difference for them Um, and don't really if we're honest trust very much and why should they so we don't want to be adding to that experience so we try to be as um, swift and as positive and as conclusive as we can in order that applications to us are dealt with and um, resolved as quickly as possible Many of the things that you outlined there that um, are kind of desired are, are things that we would tend to take for granted very very simple things what does it mean not to have those things? You know, how does that make some of the children feel and, and what does that mean for, for their futures if those things aren't there? Well, the, the, both the parts of that question are really important. First of all, it can tend to make people feel that they're not important, that they're not valued, that they don't count enough if they haven't got some of the fundamental things that many young people and children would just simply take for granted. Um, and that in itself is very difficult and damaging for, for their self-esteem, their self-confidence, their future prospects. Um, but also it can mean that they are experiencing you know, severe anxiety or, or concerns about where am I going to sleep tonight? How am I going to pay for the electricity at the end of the week? Or how might I ever possibly get enough money together to do a driving lesson or whatever it might be for them. Um, so they they continue in many cases to feel disadvantaged uh, when compared with others, their peer group, um, and through no fault of their own, they're in that, that kind of situation where they have to rely on the support of charities like our own to meet the needs which many islanders might think are already being met and are as you said yourself somewhat taken for granted by many people Um, and i go back to the notion of you know what's good enough for our own children is what we should be aspiring for for those in care and those leaving care that's that they deserve as much as uh, every other child and young person on the island and that's why we exist I just want to move back slightly to what you mentioned earlier in relation to housing. That's clearly a really important issue right now. And I think 
for many people it's unfathomable that there are individuals that leave care and might be worried about their housing situation after that, that they're vulnerable already, but might not have a roof over their head. What what is being done about that? Is there enough going on? So that's indeed the case. The government offer that I referred to earlier um, makes reference to providing a suitable accommodation, which is defined in the offer for care leavers, um, however, I was at a meeting just last week with um, senior government staff and ministers uh, where it was recognised that we were, well, they were, making a false promise because they weren't able to actually fulfil that, um, which means that some young people are leaving care either with the prospect of sofa surfing or the need to be in a hostel or maybe um, provided for in a bed and breakfast um, establishment, etc., all of which is wholly inadequate. Um, we know that all young people in Jersey <laughs> struggle to find their way um, with the cost of property, whether that's rent, uh, rental property or whether one's in a position to to um, find a deposit to buy somewhere. It's a huge challenge for all young people. That's that's well understood. But again, if you've um, been in the care of the government, uh, the government's been your so-called corporate parent, you'll find it even more difficult, generally speaking, to make that move into independent um, accommodation. You mentioned that you'd had a, a meeting to discuss some of these issues. Do you have any sense of reassurance after that that there's an imminent solution? Uh, I wish I could say yes to that, but the answer is I don't think there is an imminent solution. Um, I'm not here to um, criticise the government of Jersey. I think they are doing everything that they can. Um, certainly their, their words are very encouraging. They've said for some time that they will put children first. Uh, the challenge that they face is turning words into action and actually doing what they say. And if they can't do what they say, they shouldn't really say it. And that was one of the um, points made at the, at the recent meeting. Don't promise things if you can't deliver them, because all you do then is add to the disappointment and the lack of trust that was mentioned earlier. Um, so be honest. And if you can do it, uh, say so and do it. And if you can't, then say what you can do and what you're doing to address the outstanding issues. Uh, because there are people working really hard to turn things around. But I don't honestly think we are close to an imminent solution to some of these long-standing challenges. What blockages um, do you perceive might be in the way? Is this a case of lack of will or is there genuinely a link missing in the chain in order to put things right for vulnerable children and care leavers? I don't, um, I don't believe there's a lack of will. I think um, the people I speak to um, genuinely want things to improve. What there probably is a lack of is continuity. Um, we talked earlier in this conversation about things changing and people coming and people going and um, oh, Obviously, this later this year we have a uh, we have a new assembly about to arrive. Another significant change. Um, so change is constant, um, but in terms of 
resolving some very old problems, some very long-standing problems, we need to persevere. Um, we need we need to keep going um, and to work together. Um, all the usual caveats. Um, there's no simple answer to a comp- complex question, um, but if the right people um, get together, work in, in tandem, work in partnership, um, then we can achieve a lot. Uh, I, I would only reference how much has been achieved uh, over recent years during COVID. You know, we've all, as a community, come together and dealt with that um, to the very best of our ability, and many things happened that probably would never have happened otherwise. Ditto the current crisis in Ukraine and how the island has responded positively to meet the needs in that tragic situation. We can do the same thing for other um, ongoing local challenges, such as making sure that those in care and those leaving care receive proper and appropriate timely support. As you say, clearly the the sort of aim or ambition of any charity is to become redundant but Brightly are doing an awful lot of um, hard and careful work in the meantime um, supporting those those who do need help I mean there's a, a long long list of things you know just just from looking at your website and there are testimonies um, from those who have access to support whether it's from graduation to as you mentioned you know having things that you'd normally get from the bank of mum and dad if that's phones or anything like that but you, as you mentioned earlier you are now moving in slightly new territory and you've got a new initiative that you're looking at. Would you be able to tell us what that's called and more about it? Yes, of course. Uh, I'd just like to say something else first, though. Um, Some listeners might be thinking, brightly, who are they? Um, Many, many islanders will know of us by our long-standing name, which was Brigadon Children's Charity. I mentioned Brigadon earlier. Um, But a couple of years ago, we decided that um, as we no longer occupy the building in uh, St Clement's known as Brigadon that we would rename our charity Brightly so if people are thinking who are these new people on the block we aren't that new we've just been renamed so we are um, by many people's uh, memory Brigadon Children's Charity. Uh, to your question um, we are Launching this year, we have launched this year a new initiative which is called Home Start, which is brand new for Jersey. Um, and, you know, in time on a tradition, we're going to call it Home Start Jersey. How original is that? <laughs> um, uh, and Home Start uh, in Jersey um, will meet uh, a very important unmet need. Home Start itself has been up and running in the UK for um, a good number of years I think about 40 years and there are about 180 home starts dotted throughout the UK dare I say it there's even been a home start in our sister island of Guernsey for the last 10 years Um, so we are we are addressing that need Um, what home start provides is um, a volunteer network uh, of trained volunteers uh, who are each allocated to an individual or a family and if you like they become a befriender for that family somewhat more than a befriender but on a regular weekly basis they will meet with their family um, and support them in 
appropriate ways that are unique to that family and be there reliably week in week out to make a difference and to support um, somebody that might need a bit of support um, to just get over some of the issues in front of them and to help them then move forward um, independently so that's in a in a nutshell what home starts about give us uh, some examples what what kind of things do you imagine that um volunteers might uh, do to support uh, the the people that they're sort of paired up with <laughs> absolutely so um perhaps i just start by saying that we are going to um tweak the way home start runs here slightly um because that will that will help me to answer the question so typically home starts um, focus on families that have a preschool child the reason for that being families with preschool children often need some help and support because there's a lot going on it's a it's a big change in the family dynamic and um for those uh, listeners who have preschool children, they'll know very well what I mean by that. However, in Jersey, we have permission to slightly alter our remit. So um, in line with our history and tradition, our three um, groups that we'll be supporting will be the young people who are leaving care, because as we've discussed earlier, they're very often left alone and uh, have very, very limited support. We'll also be supporting families where there's a preschool child, as is the typical example, but in the case of the parents having been themselves in care, so that's a a nuance. So uh, a family where parents, one or the other parent, was in care who has a preschool child. And the third um, particular group of individuals and families we'll be supporting are those where there's um, an illness in the family either a child who's ill young person who's ill or a parent who's ill and that goes right back again to our long-standing history because um, the word convalescence used to feature in our in our ethos when people convalesced Mm. but over the years convalescence doesn't seem to exist anymore we just have to get on with it but getting on with it sometimes means some extra help and support to help people um, get across a few bumps in the road so with regard to your question about some examples Um, in each case a volunteer will be matched with a family or an individual and there'll be a dialogue about so what help and support do you actually need and that will that will direct the support so it might be things like how to budget better it might be things like how to improve my confidence and self-esteem so i feel a little bit more able to go out and about and access support that's available it might be i'm not very good at cooking um, and i don't really want to survive on beans on toast forever Uh, it might be um preparing in the case of perhaps a care lever for independent living and learning some of the basic things about looking after a home or preparing for um, an interview situation for employment or training purposes so it will be tailored to the family or individual's needs Uh, what home start isn't is a kind of unpaid home help you know we're not going in there to hoover (laughs) do the dishes clean the (laughs) clean the house um, babysit Um, so 
So the volunteers will be trained. It's a very, very um, comprehensive training program, which I've had the privilege of following um, and supported um, on, a, on an ongoing regular basis um, to ensure that the needs of the person or family that they are supporting are being met. And um, at the end of that period, we will then review the progress that's been made and either... Um, that will be the end of that particular befriending. Or if there are still other ongoing needs, uh, there may be an extension. So how um, will you be uh, finding those volunteers? You know, how can people get involved and, and what type of skills should they have? So we'd invite people um, interested in finding out more to take a visit to our website um, which is simply www.brightly.je, where they will find um, a Home Start Jersey section. Or, or they could email me, uh, which is steve at brightly.je. Um, either way, they'll find out more. So www.brightly.je or email steve at brightly.je. In terms of skills, um, we're looking for people who feel they want to give something back to their community and are able to do so on a regular weekly basis, two or three hours a week, week in, week out. That, those are the key criteria. Everyone will have skills which they bring based on their own life experience um, and we will um, then provide a, a very comprehensive training program um, for everybody so that they're all um, equipped to deal with the volunteer role um, and then we will match uh, individual volunteers with families and individuals that uh, that need our help what I would add though is in the first year we are not seeking to run before we can walk so we are only looking for a small group of volunteers 10 to 15 volunteers we ourselves are doing this for the first time so we want to learn and um, ensure that we're going forward appropriately before jumping in at the deep end so form an orderly queue um, please get in touch um, as i've said there are two ways of doing that through our website or, or by emailing me directly and we can send information um, or meet up for a, a, a chat or whatever if if people are interested also being a volunteer um, provides great support for the volunteers because they become part of a very important network they grow their own skills and expertise many potential employees employers rather like to see on a, on a cv that somebody's giving something back and volunteering their time they'll develop transferable skills they'll have a lot of fun along the way and learn quite a lot along the way themselves and we do have a great tradition in jersey uh, of people volunteering and giving to their community and this is a pretty good way of doing that so that's what we're looking for thank you for listening to the bailiwick express podcast if you found it illuminating or can think of anyone who might be a perfect fit for the home starts program please give it a share we'll be continuing to follow this issue and you'll be able to find all the latest updates at bailiwickexpress.com remember you can find an array of previous podcasts on our website and in all the usual pod places that's all from me fiona potany more from the bailiwick express team next week